And we're back after nearly a month on the road. Podcast and Blakey are back for GRQ. And we're back after nearly a month on the road. Podcast and Blakey are back for GRQ podcast episode 104 to give you explanations on the latest incidents from our respective tours. As we know, 90% of the time, tour referees deal with the most common rulings, but these aren't necessarily well known by the players and they make for some interesting stories. So whether you're in your car or going for a walk, enjoy this episode of the Golf Rules Questions podcast. Stuart's one of our highest ranked working rules officials that we have, one of the best we've got. And he knows he's... Welcome everyone to Golf Rules Questions podcast number 104. I'm Blakey and alongside me is Stuart Podcast McPhee. How are you, Stuart? I'm well, Blakey. How are you? Yeah, very good. You've been doing lots of travel. I've been doing a bit of travel, but nothing like you. Yes, uh, got back from Indonesia yesterday. I've been three weeks on the road, uh, China, Hong Kong, and Indonesia. And that's me done for the year now. Um, you're not done for the year yet, no? Uh, no, not done for the year. I've got three more tournaments between now and Christmas. Yeah, busy, busy. Good, um, busy. So we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, there's a few ruling situations that we want to go through. Uh, but first of all, we're going to get to the GRQ OTW number 103, which was? Uh, Big, Big P is playing an individual stroke round at Wombat Hills. His tee shot on the 15th hole has come to rest in very thick grass near the top of a bunker. Big P decides to take unplayable ball relief using lateral relief. There is general area and the bunker within the relief area. Prior to dropping, Big P replaces a divot in the relief area and then drops where the ball hits the general area first but rolls into the bunker. Marcella, playing in the group, advises Big P that he needs to drop again as it rolls into another part of the course, but also suggests that he has improved one of his cat's conditions affecting the stroke. For his second drop, Big P drops into the bunker where the ball comes to rest in the relief area, in the bunker. How many? How must Big P proceed, Blakey, and are there any penalty strokes for Big P? Well, his ball is in play in, within the relief area, uh, so he proceeds by continuing play, um, or he can take another unplayable. Um, so his ball is in play and he just proceeds as is. How many penalty strokes? He gets the one for the unplayable, and does he get two shots for improving his conditions in his relief area by replacing the divot? Uh, well, that depends. It depends on whether it was his intention to improve or, yeah, to improve his relief area or whether he was just caring for the course and didn't actually know that the divot was within his relief area. Um, so say he worked out that this is my relief area and he goes, oh, there's a divot hole there. I'll just fill it with that divot. And that would be improving your conditions. But say he just saw that there was a divot hole, replaced the divot there, and then he saw his ball and he's like, oh, I'm going to take an unpliable. This is my relief. Oh, that divot hole was within my relief area, but didn't actually realize that before he replaced that divot then. Uh, would let, get, let him get away with that one. So it wouldn't be a penalty. And we know a relief area for an unplayable using lateral relief is a big area. 
and you could have no intention whatsoever to drop your ball anywhere near that replaced divot. You could be three meters away from where you want to, from where that divot is. So, yeah, I think there's scope there for a committee to go. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I mean, if you dropped it right on it and was intending to, you know, if your relief area was limited because there were lots of thick grass and there's only a small patch of clearing, and then they replace the divot in that area and then drop the ball there, I think Big P might have an issue. That is a good point too. Um, as you said, it's two club lengths um, if you're taking the lateral leaf for an unplayable under Rule 19.2. Uh, so 19.2C, lateral leaf, two club lengths. And if you fix something over here, but you're actually wholly intending to drop it over here, you're still going to get penalised if your intention was to improve your relief area. Uh, you know, the, or you did improve the condition of your relief area as you scoped it out. Uh, but if it was just a case of you're just trying to care for the course and then you went through the process of where's my relief area, uh, they probably would let you, you know, the rules would let you get away with that one. But, you know, instead of, they definitely let you get away with it because it's nowhere near that's not quite, it's still a gray area there. They don't, it's not an automatic, well, you were gonna drop over here, you improve your conditions over here. Cause what happens if your ball bounces over to this area? So it's more, yeah, it's a strange of things that have happened. It's more about your intention as to whether you knew you were improving the cats within your relief area uh, before uh, or after you, uh, decided that that was going to be your relief area. Now you can't get away, as soon as you improve the cats, um, you can't get away from it uh, if uh, if you choose another option like back on the line or going back to your last place. As soon as you've improved it, you've improved it. There are some improvements that you can remove or restore, restore mm -hmm. to get away with that, but uh, 8.1A3 is not one of them. Is that right? So they're the 345, I think, all the ground-based. Yeah, right. You can't restore those. And so the, the replacing the, the, the pitch mark or the, the divot hole is 8.1A3. Yeah, replacing divots in the divot hole. Yep. So 1.1A1 and 1.1A2 are the ones that if you fix and improve your cats, you can actually restore to unimprove your cats, uh, which is move, bend or break any growing or attached natural object, immovable obstruction, integral object or boundary object, team marker, move a loose impediment and movable obstruction to build a stone. So we know if you take a boundary stake out and someone goes, well, you can't do that. Oh, put it back. No penalty. No penalty. Could yeah. you later restore it? As long as it's the same boundary stake and there's no improvement of the cats. Yeah, you put it back where it was. Can you remember that uh, question? About broken? Yes. Object? <laughs> About, so what happens was, this is the question. The question is, if you take the boundary object away and in the process it snaps in half, then you put it back because someone says, oh, you've improved your cats, you need to put the thing back to not incur a penalty, uh, a general penalty. You put it back... And because your swing is still interfered with by the small part so that you don't have an improvement, there's no penalty. But if your swing was 
wasn't impeded now by the part that had broken off, then you would incur the penalty. But if you, you'd still incur the penalty if you put a full new boundary object in that removed the improvement if it was a different one to the one that you taken away. I think it's one of those situations that, you know, as I said to you two weeks ago when I was at that event, and I a guy with incredible experience said, you know, 90% of our rulings in tournaments are all the same and they're all pretty straightforward. It's those other 10% we need to go, need to check. So if that happened, the boundary object one happened, that's probably one we just go and double check before we, just be the first time it happened in a tournament, yeah. probably for ourselves. So... No, you're right. So three, four, and five is anything to do with the ground. You cannot restore. Yeah, you, you um, can't try and um, fix it. Yeah, fix it. Yeah, correct. Um, and four is removing pressing down sand or loose soil, so you can't unpress down sand or loose soil. And the dew, frost, and water. You can't grab all that dew and just try to imagine that you you remove the dew from <laughs> the putting green. and then you get your and you're like someone tells you that's wrong, and you get your water bottle out and you're like spraying it. Trying to get and then trying to spread it out nice and evenly. Hang on, fellas, hang on. And spreading out. The funny thing about that would be is <laughs> even if you've made it worse, like you've disimproved, you still incurred the penalty and you're not going to not get the penalty anymore. Anyway, we digress. So, yes. So, right. P. But it's definitely one for the unplayable. One for the unplayable. That's and a, that's in. it's two shots uh, or the general penalty. If uh, he knew what he was doing, he knew that he was improving the conditions, or he knew it. Let's sort of look at it more this way he knew what his relief area was. If he knew what his relief area was and then he improves the conditions, it's going to be the general penalty. If he didn't know what his relief area was, what option he'd chosen, and he was just doing it care for the course, he may. Get away with it. That's probably the easiest. Imagine if he hadn't even started his ball search. Yeah. And he was started looking. Yeah. Just saw it there and I'll just wait that back in. Yeah. Uh now you've been on the road. I've been on the in the plane, but you've been on the road and you've you've got a, a few rolling situations that you want to speak about. I hope you talk about some of yours. Some we, of your we, can get, we can get to that. We can get to that. <laughs> um, I've got a few here. One was an interesting one where I was called over by a group. This is at the Queensland PGA. And I was called over by a group and there were three ball and one player was further along the hole and these two called me over. And the first person said, um, hey, see that guy down towards the green? He's in our group and I'm marking his card and he just took a relief from that penalty area over there on this hole, but I just found his ball out on this fairway. I said, oh, that's interesting. I said, uh, well... <clears throat> Um, did you, you know, I just sort of, again, establishing the facts. Did we search for the ball? Where did we think it was? And they tended to agree, yeah, we all thought off the tee it was straight into that penalty area. Like that's exactly where it flew into. We lost sight of it there. It was in there. And we did look around the area. Um, I said, well, it all comes down. And the other player whose ball it was is like 100 metres down the fairway. I said, it all comes down to did he have knowledge or virtual certainty? Like is he comfortable, 95% sure, that the ball was in the penalty area? And if so, well, he's proceeded correctly, even though we found that he and the other third player goes, oh, that's just, that makes no sense. You know, that's crazy. That's, you know, just clearly unhappy. Oh, that's stupid. You know, blah, blah, blah. I said, well, it's up to the player. If he, you know, if he had KVC, 
didn't use that acronym, but if they thought it was in there and you guys are tending to agree, it's not an issue. It's yeah. presented correctly. I said, you know what? I'll go and talk to the player and just see. His... He'd already taken a drop. He's already played and he's now uh, down towards, walking down towards the green. Okay. And they walk past another direction and found his ball. And so I've driven down to the player and explained to him the conversation I've just had. And he goes, oh, we all thought it was in there. I said, I didn't want to take the penalty. Yeah. Which I thought was a good comeback. I didn't want to take the penalty stroke. I'd have loved to have found it. Um, and he'd be there for two, not three. And I said, no, I, we all thought it was in there. As soon as it left the team, we thought it straight in that penalty area. We went in and looked around everywhere, couldn't find it. We were all pretty convinced it was in there. I said, okay, no problem. Um, of course, as soon as you start asking questions like that of a player, and this happened at the event just on the weekend, um, immediately they go into worry mode, I think. It's that, oh, my God, what have I done wrong? Why is this person asking me these questions? Are there any penalty strokes coming my way that I am not aware of? You know, what have I done wrong? And as I said, it happened to me again just on the weekend where I started a conversation with a player trying to help him and he's immediately going, oh, sorry, sorry. I said, no, no, it's fine. I'll tell you that story in a sec. But anyway, that was just one where took relief, penalty area, Mark had found his ball and goes, we've got an issue. I said, no, it's no issue. We all thought it was in there, we're fine. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <clears throat> and we know that even if it's found within the three minutes. Yeah, I had, I had a couple of like that. Um, I'm more on the other side of uh, they played a provisional, <clears throat> played a provisional ball, and then got down there and gone, oh, it's in the penalty area. I was like, well, did you know that that was a penalty area? No. I was like, well, we know it's in the penalty area. It couldn't be out. It couldn't be anywhere outside the penalty area. Uh, lost outside because. You know, it was, the grass was short and whatnot. Um, then you just proceed by dropping the ball, and we pick the provisional up. Mm. Um, you know, and if there's the same the thing is, if it happens tomorrow and you do the same thing, yeah. you'll know that this is a penalty area, and you're not supposed to hit a provisional ball. And that's the defence, isn't it? I've never played this course before, or I've never been over that side of yeah. the hole. I didn't know that was a penalty area. Yeah, I mean, I, I probably, in my own mind, was like, oh, mate, you've had, you've had a couple of practice grounds here. Um, you probably should have known. But then again, you know, we have a, we had one player. We had one player in China. I think it was in China. Yeah. He turned up. He asked for a late tea time on Thursday afternoon. He flew Thursday morning. Hmm. From Philippines, I mean, he took the risk on that uh, the plane would be on time, that immigration would let him through. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, someone asked him. They said, "Oh, you know, don't you need to see the course?" His, his response was, "Has it changed?" So <laughs> saw it four years ago. Oh, four years ago. Well, the last time the Volvo China Open was played was two thousand, or, or on the Asian <laughs> tour. I think it was two thousand nineteen. <laughs> I'm not sure many players would say that though. He made, they, they, he made the cut. They did like having a bit of a practice, bit of a social hit before. He, he made the cut, but yeah, I mean, that's it, in two thousand, certainly in two thousand eighteen, we didn't have as many penalty areas, mm. and so two thousand and um, twenty three, we've got a lot more penalty areas because we set up courses um, with lots of thick rough as a penalty area. 
Um, so players don't necessarily have to, or don't hit a provisional ball off the tee. They just come down, they have a look, they take a drop. Um, you know, when when it's really deep rough, you almost, and you've hit a provisional area, you almost uh, hit a provisional ball. You almost don't want to, you just look on the fringe. You don't want to look four minutes, five minutes in because your ball's in sitting in the fairway. Knowing that if you take a lateral leaf, you can't get out. If you take back on the line, you can't get out. So you'd have to sort of chip it out. Yeah. And if it hits something on the way out, then you know you're in the worst position. Yeah. So they'll just look on the they'll just look on the fringe. But if we make it a penalty area, they don't even need to have a look. Mm-hmm. They look. Oh, yeah, I can't find it. They take a drop. Yeah. So it kind of it speeds that, up play. In that first instance, the provision of ball is a known quantity. I know I'm lying. Three yeah. for there, as opposed to potentially not getting out. Yeah, not chipping out. Mm. Yeah, exactly right. Okay, very good. Do you want more stories? Yeah, go for it. Um, Queensland PGA same event in a bunker. There was a lot of issues with balls uh, landing in top of the bunkers and just burying in sand, and not hitting the bank and rolling down to the flat um, due to weather and you know lack of rain and stuff and this guy's ball was stuck you know just a foot down from the edge and it was quite a climb and so he's standing right up near the top of the bunker to play a shot and his right foot when he took his stand you know wobbled his foot started hitting the rock base of the bunker and so of course I got pulled over and you could hear his heel he couldn't see him you could hear his heel crushing the rock underneath his right foot um and on the hard card, anything you know in the bunker, so far as full mate, a foundation and base and the like, if it's in its intended position, there's no well, it was out of place or something there. So he was a bit surprised by that because his foot was touching rocks. You, as I said, you could hear it. Well, but it was in its intended position. Well, yeah, in the same situation, I think I did that on a podcast in at Close House in England, in uh, near Newcastle, had the same situation where. The player was, it was his stance and he was, yeah, it was some kind of rock. And I, because I just, those, I don't know what they put under um, bunkers these days, but I thought sometimes they put rubber or they put some kind of um, concrete and spray. Concrete's a thing now. Um, yeah. Spray a lacquer on it um, to keep it together. And then, you know, so the, the water just drains down into there, but the sand doesn't go with it or whatever it is. And similar situation, I said, well, it's, it's meant to be there. The fact that you're digging down with your heel, same thing. You're testing the condition of the sand. An inch or two inches. But you're allowed to test with your feet, <laughs> aren't you? You're just not allowed to build a stance. <laughs> um, so, yeah, well, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's a similar situation there. Okay. Uh, next one? Yeah. So we know that under 14 point. One, 14.2, 14.1, when you lift a ball for identification, you need to mark its spot. Yeah. So I got called over. Because of the lack of rain, the penalty areas either had no water, whereas they should have, had no water very low. <clears throat> so a lot of balls going to penalty areas and it was just, there was no water. You could see the ball identified and play from there. So I had one guy, well known in the Australian golfing world, and has played overseas a lot. I've got his name here, I won't say it. <laughs> got his in the notes here just for your benefit right. um and he turned to me very seriously he said can i i just need to identify that i said that's fine um just mark it first and so he grabs a tee 
and just throws it down on the ground. You know, rather than putting a tee right next to it like you would on the green, just throws it down. So the, the tee's probably like 10 centimetres, four inches away from the ball. And I'm about to say something. And of course, before I do, he lifts it up and it's back down again. Okay. Yeah, because he got identified bang. And I'm wondering about the marking of the ball. Yeah. I mean, how far away can your ball marker be for it to not be marking the spot of the ball? I mean, if he put that five metres away, would you say that's marking the spot of the ball? And I know you're going to say no. <laughs> so, but at some point, we have to say, well, that's, sorry, that's too far away. That's not marking the spot. Did the ball get replaced? Absolutely, it did. Absolutely, it did. Wow. And I and, and I, I get where you're coming from. The end result is okay because he played it from where he should have played it. I get that, but it's you know it's these procedural things. Um, so the another example is what if he didn't lift it? What if he didn't mark it? Right, didn't mark it, lifted it, replaced it, played it from where he should have. We'd be upset, right? Because he didn't mark it first, even though he played it from where he should have played it. From. Um, yes, yeah, it's just a procedural thing. It says right behind or right next to you. Yeah. How well, far away was it? 10 centimetres, four inches. So you could say, is that right next to it? Well, it's all relative. No. Hmm? no. Oh, I don't think it is. No. As I said, before I could say anything, as I said, the ball's already up and back down again. That's strange. So I found that odd that that's how he marked it. He literally didn't put the tee in the ground. He just put it on, like, threw it on the ground. Maybe it's just pissed off that he's playing on the PGA Tour of Australia. And miss the cut. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Wasn't having a good day, probably. Yeah. Um, nice to see his son on the bag, too. That's pretty cool. You see that sort of stuff. Anyway, that was one. Um, I had one where the player... I'm around the area just watching this other sort of group because they're a bit slow. And the group that was behind them were also slow. So we're going to have to get onto them pretty soon. Uh, and one of the players in the group, it was a second player, I didn't know this, but it was a second player. And the second player hits it just a little bit left down this par four. And then the, the 4K, this is in Indonesia, and the 4K, they don't speak too much English. I don't speak too much Indonesian, so I can't blame them. Um, but they were sort of beckoning at me, going, oh, duh, uh, like this. Uh, and uh. <laughs> and what rules? <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay. Um the ball it looked to me like the ball was stuck up the tree. And so they I didn't know whether they sort of hit the tree and didn't come down, but I was trying to work that out with them. And I was like, oh, which player, which player? Um, and they were uh, talking to each other. Uh, and then she goes, I think she worked it out. She's like, oh, number two, number two. So I drove back to the, the when the players had just been walking off the off the tee, drove back and goes, guys, who's number two player? And he stuck up, stuck up his hand and I knew who it was. I was like, oh, can you just go and play a provisional ball? We saw it go up the tree, but we don't know if it's come down. Can you just play a provisional ball? And <laughs> first of all, he goes, <laughs> Yeah, I thought I thought it might have happened. And uh, secondly, he goes, "Oh, but I've all I've already walked off the team area. Oh. I'm all, I've already thought of my." I said that fight that changed five years ago, <laughs> four years ago. Uh, so yeah, you can go back and hit a provisional. That's fine. <laughs> that was the first one. <laughs> and then I go, and then I, I go, I go, I'm going to go down and search. And the caddy goes, "Of it." Okay, that's not going to start our search time, is it? I go, no, not until you or the player get there. So that was the second one. 
they that's why they pay referees. <clears throat> go down, I start searching. She goes, I can see it. I go, oh, are you sure that that is the ball? And then it was this whole conversation of trying to work out whether that was the ball she'd actually see go into the tree right? or it was just a ball in the tree. Right. That's a big difference. Right. And so I try, I got on the radio to call this other ref who was just across the other fairway. I go, can you come over here to this fairway and was waiting from, he was on this fairway and I was on this fairway. I go, can you come over here? Miscommunication, I guess. It took him five minutes to work out what I was saying. Anyway, by that time, the players had a provisional. The players have come down. I've talked to this four caddy. The four caddy's gone, yes, that is it. And I'm like, you see it with your eyes? Beckoning. And she's like, that, that is it. And I said, okay, we're 100% confident that this is the ball. Um, so we're going to allow you to take lateral relief, should you wish. <laughs> and he takes his two club links, puts the tee down, drops. Meanwhile, five minutes later, this referee finally drives over and I said, oh, can you just converse with the lady who was the four caddy? And they, about three minutes later, the guy's hit, he's on the green. Three minutes later, yep, that's the ball that she saw go in the tree. I was like, yeah, we'll sort that out. It's all good. I was like, I was like, can you just come over here? Oh, where are you? The fairway next to you. You're waving at him. And anyway, it took. We got there in the end, but it was so in that situation, what happened was the ball, the someone knew it wasn't even it wasn't even virtually certain. It was known that that was the ball. Right? And it, the player didn't need to identify it because we knew that that was the ball because someone had seen it. Go in there, yeah. Go in there. Say, yeah. There's a clarification on that. Uh, yeah, sure. yeah. And I remember this happened uh, with Lydia Coe. There's actually, I've got a video on my YouTube with Lydia Coe and she hit her ball up, trying to hit a flop shot over a tree from 50 metres to the flag and it went into the tree and they could see it. <clears> and then the referee you know, in their mind correctly was going, well, you need to identify it. And they couldn't identify it, but they knew that that was the ball. And then in the end, the referee was like, oh, well, you can definitely take your other options back on the line and lateral relief um, because we all saw it. You know, <laughs> that is the ball. So can I read this? Yeah. A clarification. If a player sees a ball in a tree or some other location where they are unable to retrieve the ball, the player may not assume that it is theirs, but rather must identify in one of the ways provided in Rule 7.2. This may be done even though the player is unable to retrieve the ball, such as determining that another player or spectator saw the ball come to rest in that specific location after the player's stroke. Yeah. If yeah. someone saw it go in and go, yeah, that's it. That is it. That's and which makes a lot so of So you don't have to identify it as a Callaway or Strixon or Titleist. Um if someone knows that that is the ball and that is the location, yeah, yeah. So that was a that was a fun one. That was Indonesian Masters. Um, I've got another one for you. Yeah, go about moving stuff out of the way to improve one of the cats. So I got called over the back of a green. Three guys are approaching the green. One guy comes over. It's right. The guy who called me over walks up to me. Says, "I think I've done something wrong." So no, what's happened? He said, "Just back there, I was just left with a fairway just on the edge of the penalty area." Um, but I could hit it because the penalty areas were so low. 
He said, I can hit it, and I remove the red stake out of the way, hit it, and then put the red stake back. And I think that's the other two guys are telling me that's wrong. I said, oh, okay. No, I said, you're okay. Um, that's fine. And then, of course, he told the other guy, oh, it's okay, fellas, it's okay. And they just went. Again, we've had this, this discussion before because they, for half the whole, have been telling him, you've done something wrong. And I've just said to them, no, you're wrong, right? So no one likes being told they're wrong. And one of the guys fired up, oh, that must be a recent rule change or something. Oh, that must have just changed in the 2023 or these guys something like this. And these guys aren't tour players, are they? Yeah. Like they've been on tour for a long time? Oh, one of them had. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and being on like a good tour, like. Oh, it's um, not just it, not the history too much, but not just a pro am tour. No, no, I think one of them in particular has been on for a while. He goes, Oh, that must have changed just recently. That rule, that's but, yeah. but I said, No, no, so I said, No, then they move with instructions. I said, It was like a water bottle thing, then just get it out, just move it out of the way. Well, county area stakes, water has the stakes have always been, I shouldn't say always, but 99% of the time been movable on tour, and we should say the opposite. But 99% of the time, they're never deemed as immovable. They're not deemed as immovable. They're just left alone. Yeah, so if you can move it, you can move it. Whereas club land, the committee's more likely right. to make them immovable. I, I would uh, encourage committees to make them movable. Me too. But, you know, you, you also need to encourage someone to go and check the course and make sure that they haven't been moved somewhere else. So you see what I wrote here in my notes? The other two players were not happy. Yeah. Again, they're competing against him. They think he's going to get a two-stroke penalty, right? And they find out. What's no, on the final day. I can't remember which day it was. Um, no, it was a three-ball. So I don't think it was a right what time. Wednesday on PGA. Um, All right, got another one from that event. Uh, guy tees off on the first hole, big hitter, and it just rolls off the edge of the fairway and continues to roll and actually ends up on a wrong group. I'm sitting next to this wrong group. And I thought... Speed of play, I'll just help. There's no one playing that hole. And I thought, I'll just measure it out right before the player even gets there. So I do that, and it's actually really close. And I mean, like half a metre difference. And then that also depends on the angle that I'm using to go to the flag. Um, so I go, I'm spending minutes doing this, and the player rocks up, and he's looking for us. I said, it's up here on the on the right. He goes, oh, okay. I said, look, I think I've paced it out. I think it's that side. He goes, oh, I'm left-handed. Yeah. <laughs> I just wasted five minutes of my time. Out the window. Because it ended up being on the other side from what I thought it would. <laughs> but to his credit, he knew what he was doing. Um, he had even had the laser out from his ball going to both directions, which I admire so far as precision is concerned. He got to the more favourable side, less trees. But I just wasted five minutes of my time. <laughs> he was left-handed, so that... Um, the more you work on the two, the more you realise who the players are. And... Yeah, well, I didn't see it. I just sort of heard whack. And then um, sitting there, it's probably sipping my green tea or something, looked up and his ball started rolling up and then ended up in the wrong green. I had a funny... Uh, they weren't funny. Well, they weren't funny to the player anyway. They are funny to me. <laughs> hey, um, in China, one of the holes. And this is probably... When you play some of these courses... Like all these courses are built, oh, I can understand if it's, um, you know, it's 35 degrees all the time. Of course, people want to play in carts. But cart paths on golf courses are ugly and just they ruin, they ruin the, the aesthetics. 
Definitely. Um, but all these courses that we play at, most of them will have carts, uh, cart paths, like concrete, tar seal, mm. well done cart paths. And so this, this par five at, uh, in China at the um, Hidden Grace Golf Club, the cart path goes along the, down the right and then cuts across the fairway and then goes down the left of the green. And it's a dog leg right to left. And the players hit their ball in the penalty area on the corner. And then they've taken a drop back on the line, which is very difficult to work out with the flag and stuff. But he's done that. And then he's, but he's just, he's taken a drop just to basically hit a layup shot back to the fairway around the corner. Hits it. And like the cart parts here, and it's actually ended up hitting the curb on the other side of the cart path, mm. gone straight back into the penalty area. <laughs> I just, I was just like this. I couldn't believe it. And the caddy's like, oh my God, did that just do what I think it did? And I said, yeah, it's just gone straight back into the penalty. Like, so the penalty area finished here. It was like 20 meters to this curb hit the curve and gone into here. You could give him another 100 balls and he wouldn't do it, yeah, nah, do it again. No, nah. And so... He's got a different So now he's, he's very, <laughs> now he's very, very, very angry. Takes lateral relief from that one. <laughs> hits it near the green and probably makes it up. the seventh. Someone will triple like that. Boy, anyway, I thought, oh, that would be the only time I see it. Guy in the last group who's, you know, up the top of the leaderboard. Hits it down this left-hand side. Does some I don't know how he does something strange and hits it into this penalty area like it was like a hooked hooded flub into the penalty area. So now he's in there for two. Goes he gets in there, goes to chip it out, chips it out. Looks like it's fine. Hits the curb oh. back in. Same day, <laughs> same day, ten groups apart. Same hole. Same hole. So then, so then we. I go, it's right here, balls right here. And he couldn't believe, no one could believe it. It takes lateral relief, hits it near the ground. Had that path not been there, he would have been like, we're exactly where he wanted to be. Yeah. Sort of the fairway, clear shot in. Yeah. It's just the two times the balls hit the curve on the other side, on the other side. Like if it's 10 centimeters this way, it bounces it's off the road down the right. Road. If right. it's 10 centimeters this way, it hits the fairway and rolls down. And that's the downside to having curves on those concrete paths. Incredible, as opposed to this flight. happened twice within about three hours. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, that's a good one. Sorry for those players. Yeah, hey, I had a first, yeah, at an event. Guy playing the 15 hole par five, going for him to just heads right a little bit and it heads towards the 16th tee and it ends up on the bank, grass bank, right next to the 16th tee. And a few people look around and I get down there and I see the ball and there's about 50 people behind that tee following the next group who are now teeing off on 16. And I'm eagle eye watching this ball whilst the players start to walk off and all the 50 people start to head after them. I thought, wow, this is really good. All these people are seeing this ball and, and not touching it. There's no kids picking it up until. Right, I thought, this is great. I'm not going to be able to do I won't have to do anything here until someone, woman walks past mid 20 sort of thing looks down sees it and kicks it <laughs> oh come on 
She was like one of, in one of the last five people to leave that area. And I thought, this is fantastic that everyone is respecting that golf ball in the pools. <laughs> it's clearly a ball in play. Not clearly, it's probably a good chance it's a ball in play. And then leaving it alone until this woman come along and kicked it. And so I just followed up. I thought that she'd pick it up, not kick it. And pocket it, right? Anyway, I drove up real quick. And I was only 20 metres away. I drove up real quick and she's still walking, giggling, and she kicked the ball. And I said to her, and I knew, hey, how far do you reckon you just kicked that? And I think she felt like if she kicked it a long way, she was going to get in more trouble. Right. She says, oh, no, I only kicked it this far, this far. I said, yeah, I think it was a bit more than that. Anyway, um, anyway, I just waited for the play to arrive and said, a spectator kicked it, you just need to put it back. They love yeah. that because then they get to place it. Yes. Nicest. Well, he wasn't unhappy. Yeah. Exactly. It's like when I told, when I did a search for, was searching for a ball and I stood on a player's ball and then I was like, well, I was really deep. But when they placed it, I was like, like, well, I can't put it right down. I was like, well, it was a way down. Well, yeah, but I'm going to put it here. And anyway, karma, he hit it into more crap and I found it again. And he's like, did you stand on that one? I go, no, I didn't. I did not stand on it. You had to play that one as a lie. And we talked earlier about players maybe not knowing the rules as well as they probably should given the amount of golf they've played right. all their life. <clears throat> I get a call over the radio and this is the next event. Hey, Stu, can you head over to a hole 11 help John Smith? So, yeah, sure. So I drive over there, two guys on the green putting, they're waving over the third guy left in the trees in trouble. <clears throat> and I go over, I said, how can I help? He says, oh, I need to take an unplayable. So you've got three options. <clears throat> go back to the tee. I said, you can go back on the line, but five metres behind him is out of bounds. Or we go two club lengths. So we did the two club lengths. I talked him through that. Um, moved a few loose impediments. That's when I sent you that question about loose impediments with the drop. <clears throat> it was after that. Anyway, moved a few things, dropped, played on. And uh, the tournament director called me up about five minutes later. I said, you know, clear on 11. He called me up and said, oh, um, did that all go okay? I said, yeah, why? He goes, oh, well, he called up and said, I need to take an unplayable. It's just nearest point and then one club length, right? <laughs> this is the player to the tournament director over the phone. Tournament director said, don't do anything. I'm sending a referee right now. <laughs> then get onto the phone to me. Gotcha. So nearest point, like out of the trees almost. Yeah, into a clearing yeah. and then one club length and that's your own playable. Yeah. And that's when he said, no, 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 stop. Don't do anything. Wait until help arrives. <laughs> so I didn't know that when I got to the yeah. player and they found it. Well, I thought that, thought that was pretty funny. One nearest point of relief for an unplayable. Get yourself out of 50 metres of jungle. Yeah. Well, way over there. <clears throat> okay. You can always go... Unplayable, unplayable. Yeah. Well, I was prepared to give him that option as well. In fact, I had one just on Sunday where that was clearly an option. Where with his two clubs, club lengths was just not enough. Did he take that? And he didn't. Out of bounds behind him, five metres. So yeah. back of the line was yeah. no better. Two club lengths didn't get him out. He ended up going back. Okay. Which you don't see very often. Unplayable. You don't see people give up that distance. No. He did and did well but made the putt and made a bogey. Um <clears throat> of course, the group behind him waiting and stuff, but um, I was prepared to say that option when he's going through and he's talking to his caddy. I was prepared to say if it's still unplayable, you can go again. I didn't get that out because he ended up saying, I'll oh, just go back. I said, Look, I can drive you back if you want. He goes, Oh, it's not, the, not that far. I said, Okay. So he starts walking back. I follow him to make sure the procedure's correct and what have you. I said to the caddy, because he kept going. I'm going, How far back you go? Caddy's following me. I said, How far was it? He goes, oh, he was 84 out. I said, I made it sound like it was only 24. Yeah. 
So he ends up running back 84 metres. And I follow him quickly and and he's about to drop it because he found his divot. <clears throat> I said, remember, you've got a cobweb. And then he starts looking around thinking he doesn't have to drop it right there on the spot. But I think he was about to drop it where he made the last throw from. If he, if he, he dropped it, if he dropped it and it rolled into the divot, what would you say? The ball's in play. But it's a forward. Oh, most likely. Is that what you're going to say? No, oh. It's most likely forward. Well, we, I guess we could get down and work out where did you, where was the ball? Because if, if those, those yeah. professionals, I mean, he's hit a bad shot. That's why he's gone in the crap. But yeah, skinned it through the room. Oh, oh, so he didn't ever do it. Sorry, he's gone long. So I only assume he was skinned it. Not caught it fat. If, yeah, that, that's the thing. Most of them, the ball's there. They'll actually hit it down like that, and then divot starts there. So right, the ball's actually the ball. there. So they're actually right. back in the club next. Oh, well, I guess would have asked the question. <clears throat> yeah, if it was that close. It, it, it ended up, like I said, you do have a club length semicircle. And that's when you started looking around to a better area. It's funny. Mm. Um, I know some of the players can get a little bit annoyed about this, but uh, I had a few situations where players hit it in the scrub and they've hit it and they've hit a provisional. But you don't actually know whether it's a provisional or not. And so I don't actually like, if it looks like a terrible area where really their only option would be to go back. Yep. I don't start searching. And I sort of yep. Yep. tell people around to say, I just just search on the edge. <clears throat> don't don't go right in there and search. Just search on the edge. If they don't hit a provisional, I'm I'm in there searching. Right. Trying to find this thing. Yeah. Yep. But if they <clears throat> uh if they hit a provisional, you know, A, we don't know if it is a provisional. Most of the time it is, but A, we don't know that. And then when the player starts walking up, I go, Do you are you sure you want to find it? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there was one like that and the player was like, oh, I'm not sure. And then the caddy from one of the other players going, it's there. <laughs> or, or there's a ball there. I'm like, <laughs> he's like, oh, what can I do? I go, well, you see that ball there? You have to go and look at that ball and identify whether that's your ball. If it's not your ball, <laughs> we, can, <laughs> we can get out of the area. If it's not your ball, we can get out of the area and just search around this area. Yeah. But yeah. if it is your ball, then you're obligated to uh, play it or take umpire. Found out it was his ball. So seven minutes later, <laughs> finally uh, chops it out and hits it you know, very far and and whatnot. You know, I gave him it like, you know, all this stuff around here, you, you can't really be standing on that and can't really be. <laughs> and that was a different situation. I mean, those players, they... I think most players try to take a little bit of liberty around, oh, can I move this and can I step on this? And They're playing for money. They're yeah, livelihood. And, you know, and everyone else is too. So, you know, everyone else has got the eagle eyes Correct. making sure yeah. they're doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, one, I've got a few more for you, but one just in that particular case you're talking about there, I messaged you on the weekend about it's interesting, like if you just happen to arrive on the scene of a ball search, clear ball search, you need to establish the facts. And the facts are, um, is the, has the search time actually even started yet? Um, are all these spectators actually just searching for the ball, knowing it's in there somewhere and the search time hasn't started? And so the first thing I do is when I rock up, it's happened a few times, I'm going, whose ball is it? And it'll be, oh, it's Jono's. And therefore, okay, so clearly, you know, I've already started the stopwatch and I don't need to reset it. Or it's, no, it's him. They're still coming towards us. That's no, just interesting that... Um, that really only occurred to me on the weekend that you rock up on 50 people searching, you need to establish has that search time started yet or not? Yeah, that's, I always try and say, uh, 
has the player had a provisional and you know how long has it been searching for that's probably the two the two yeah. questions they ask and yeah. you're trying to hope you kind of you try and find the person who's bought's not you know one of the competitors okay caddy and just go oh, how whose ball is it and yeah. uh who's the provisional has he heard a provisional and that they're easy to have <laughs> Happy to tell you yeah. the information. And so we've been searching for it. Yes. If you find the player, yeah. Yeah. yes. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Um, you know, those are the sort of the questions I ask first up. And I say, and you know, talking about four caddies or spotters, how frustrated players can get when they're maybe not doing yeah. as good a job as yeah. they could. Yeah. And they're waiting for a signal, you know, yeah. the point of ride, they're waiting for a signal. Don't talk to me about signals. You know what I mean? And they're yeah. going, oh, Waste of time, so, you know, they're not helping. So, Pat, this whole baseball thing where this is safe, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. That does not look like safe to me. That looks like you're stuffed. Yeah, trouble. You know, if, <clears throat> if you're uh, a runner. Sa- safe is this. This is safe. For a golf ball caddy or a spotter. Yeah, yeah they put your, your ball. Yeah, put your arm up. But if you're in, if you're in the water, this is I need help. <laughs> so, you know, this whole these whole signals things get me. We we have flags on our tour. Um green is of I can see it. Okay. Which is good. Yep. Uh it's gone in a penalty, any penalty area. Red. Yellow. Okay, good. Right. Yellow, any penalty area is yellow. Red's obviously something. And red is I didn't say it, you better hit a provisional ball. Good. Like warning, caution. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you could probably throw a white out there um, instead of a red. Bounce. But red makes sense. It's like a warning. It's like, gosh, we might not be able to find it. Yeah, good. But yellow is good because that, okay, it's in the penalty area. And then green, I can see. Smart, it. good idea. Right. In, With the flags. In China, this means headache or something. And so, the, and even the, player, to the some of the players knew that, and I was like, "What the hell does this mean?" I thought it was like a monkey up a tree. What are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, right, right, right. Um, so, I, well, first of all, for the safe for the for the baseball one, if you don't know baseball, it's like crossing your hands over it in front around your mid, around your mid torso, like wiping it in front. Um, apparently, is safe, which I. I hate. I don't, I don't. It doesn't look safe to me. <laughs> uh, putting your arms straight up is safe to me. But as I said, if you're in the water, that's asking for help. So that would not be. That would be a bit confusing. Um, in China, putting your. It looks like a monkey. Right? No, it looks like yeah. a monkey putting his hands, both hands on his head, scratching his head, scratching his head, yeah. his elbows out, flared out to the side. Um, in China, that's like a headache. Hmm. Or uh, I don't know where it's gone. Or the ball just hit me in head. Yeah, well, it's not actually, because then you'd know where it is. <laughs> I could have ricocheted. So, anyway, yeah, that's true. Um, Onto the concrete path. I mean, you know, there's, there's no universal signs for is my ball safe in a penalty area or is it stuffed? There's a mission for GIQ. Um, Establish a global standard. Uh, it's going to be hard because you try and change all these, you know. But I, I just, I'm not, I don't, to me, the baseballs, that doesn't that means you're done, you're out of bounds. Um, I don't know what what is out of bounds. What's uh you're out in baseball? It's like a chainsaw, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, out of here or pushing out of there, something like that. As long as there's a fight involved. 
Uh, but yeah, so and the managers wear their skin tight uniform. So some some players would walk forward off the tee thinking that their ball was safe, and then others wouldn't walk forward off the tee. They just stand there waiting for a signal. Yeah, yeah. and you're like, come on, come on, yeah. I've got your ball, I've got your ball. <clears throat> oh my god, it was there. Yeah, there was some fun times like that. Uh, it was good to see <clears throat> non-rules related. Good to see the tournament on the weekend had a par five that was five eighty-two meters. So you'd have to think that's close to 640, 650 yards. Just good to see a long hole test. Did anyone get there into? I reckon they did. Yeah, four rounds of golf, I'm sure someone did. No one drove in the bunker today. But uh, I'll probably, oh yeah, yeah. off the fair, off the tee. No, I mean the referee. You heard about that last year. It yeah. wasn't me, sorry, I wasn't there, but yeah. That story was really, not really, but spoken again about this year. <laughs> Um, that was very unfortunate. Who was there in the playoff? Yeah, I know, in the playoff as well. really sad that uh, the New Zealander didn't win and actually choked and lost by three shots. Yeah. yeah. You and I messaging during the day about that, and I didn't think he'd be caught six strokes in front yeah, and real, playing well. A real shame. And uh, anyway, we'll have another opportunity, I'm sure. I mean, he shot par, he would have won. <clears throat> we had this question just the other day. One of the... Another ruling was I was called over the phone or over the radio, can you go and help on 12 green? Rock up your 12 green and two players uh, preparing to putt. One guy's off on 13 tee and his ball was right up against the tee marker for the 13th hole right. and it was interfering with his stroke. Right. And it's like <clears throat> I think a player sees the tee marker and goes, I can't touch it because they see that as sacred, you know, cannot touch a tee marker. So he did not want to move it. He said, what can I do? Okay. No. I said, and I just leaned down and I said, just move it. And I, I picked it up myself. I said, there you go. I said, I'll put it back for you. He said, oh, I didn't think you could move and blah, blah, blah. I said, no, only if it's the hole you're playing and, you know, in the teeing area, playing from that teeing area of the hole you're playing, all the others you can move. Oh, I didn't know that. That rule must have changed. No, he didn't say that. But <laughs> All the rules changed in the last three weeks. <laughs> They've all changed. Anyway, that was, again, just an interesting from a player's perspective. You saw that team, marker. He goes, I cannot move that. Yeah. The committee have put that there. I cannot touch it. Yeah. Well, I did. I mean, do you see the dots beside it? Of course. So the course setup guys put dots, yeah. one dot for day one, two dots for day two, blah, blah, blah. Um, so that if a T marker does get moved, uh, it can be put back. Did you guys have any, any suspensions of play or have to come back and because uh, Queensland PGA, we definitely had the air horns ready to go because there was definitely lightning. Lightning, definitely lightning in the area. Right. I'm very closely monitoring that. <clears throat> uh, no, the last three tournaments, no suspension. We had uh, we <laughs> play on the Thursday uh, for the Volvo China Open and the Friday. In the Friday, uh, we didn't get finished play either day. Um, I mean, that was 11 and a half hours for 144 players, so it was tough. Uh, Hong Kong, we didn't have a suspension of play, which was good. We had a little bit of rain on the Saturday, Sunday morning, <laughs> but no suspension of play. Uh, and then Indonesia, we did have a suspension of play for lightning Thursday night. If it wasn't going to be lightning, we would have got finished, so it was a shame. But they came back <clears throat> Friday morning, and then we, did, we didn't have anything else. Um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which was fantastic. Um, we got really lucky with our weather in, in Indonesia. Normally, there would be uh, suspicious sort of tropical storms and the yeah, like exactly. that region can have. Uh, so that was pretty good. But yeah, so then we all, I probably should speak about it now. We had this ruling situation 
hole 16, last day, last group, Cameron Smith, Ben Campbell, Kachara, Kwan, Watmai, uh, all playing. And Pachara hits it left on 16, goes into the area where there's a branch that's fallen off a tree. I was almost thinking maybe it was placed there for removal later on, but uh, it had been there for so long, I don't think it was for removal. And beside that, so the ball was found eventually within the three minutes, eventually. And there's a branch that was unattached. It was a loose impediment. And then there was this tree um, that had fallen over as well um, that was also unattached now. And so that was also a loose impediment. Now, you can break off parts of the loose impediment if you need to. Uh, but the player asked for the referee. The referee got in there. And can I move this loose impediment? Yes. But what was sort of attached to this loose impediment were, were vines um, and green green vines, I guess. And so then it is, you know, someone asked me the question, well, is it now attached because it's attached to something's attached itself to the branch? Does it now become attached? Well, I mean, the loose part, is still loose if need be, and you could break stuff off. Break it into 20 pieces. So I guess in that <clears throat> case, it's still a loose impediment because you can break stuff off it. Um, but if you're moving, and you can move it, and you can move the the vines slightly as long as you're, it's the least intrusive. So if you're backing into it and you, anyway, the player took liberties with what the referee sort of said and moved it a bit further than what Cameron Smith and uh, Ben Campbell thought was reasonable. And the player was feeling innocent, saying that it was the referee was telling me what I could do and what I couldn't do. And then the caddy sort of moved in some area which sort of suddenly created a hole and this was all sort of under the watchful eye of the referee um and i was <clears throat> i was over it to the side um sort of down the other side of the fairway it's not it's not like i was going to get myself involved um when there is a referee and a trusted referee in that situation so i'm not sure why i would come over and start overruling anyone I thought that uh, they would uh, be providing the right information and as I would with anyone on the team. Anyway, the, the caddies and the players who weren't that player, or the owner of the ball, um, they were not happy. And they sort of, when they saw me, they sort of beckoned me to go over there and try and help out. Unfortunately, I came to the area after all the improvements had been made uh, but I mean, this thing had taken 12, 10, 12 minutes. So I was just trying to get in there and get them to hurry up. So I was like, you gotta, you gotta play, you know, come on, we can't be waiting here forever. Um, in hindsight, I wish I'd just asked the player to go back and play another ball. I understand that 
you'd still incur the penalty if you've improved your conditions. But without really knowing if the conditions have been improved, because I hadn't seen it prior, uh, and knowing that a referee was there providing the player with information and assistance, it would have just been a better look if the player had just gone back to the tee, played another one off the tee, and, you know, um, just continue to play that way. And in the end, the player did manage to play it, hit it about two metres, tried to hit it again, hit it about three metres, hit it on the green, two-parted for a double, which golf karma would say that that is how it really should have been. And, and <laughs> but, you know, he finished, uh, the player finished third. And, okay, great, he didn't win the tournament um, because of all that situation. It would have been looked terrible if he had won the tournament. But they're still, you know, the players that came fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, they still potentially miss out on $10,000, $20,000. So, you know, in the end, the player still got away with a little bit. But again, as I said, I reiterate, it was under the eye of the referee. And I'm not saying that she deliberately let him breach the rules. I'm saying that she would have provided some information about, yes, you can move a loose impediment. And then in the act of moving the loose impediment, some of these growing and attached natural objects uh, were also moved out of the way that shouldn't have been. And thus it improved the conditions affecting the, the stroke. Uh, but, and it was just a little bit, it was a little bit too, tad too much. And, you know, from what the players and then caddies uh, sort of were explaining to me is he really didn't have a shot and now he's got a shot. And then there was one last little bit where unfortunately they, they spoke in their natural, their natural language and I didn't understand yeah, what they were yeah. saying. Yeah. And then the players sort of stood on this vine to get it out of the way of his backswing, which was clearly a breach, but the found out later that the referee had sort of said yes to that. Not necessarily saying yes to how they don't, but saying yes to you can stand on a vine that's, you know, down near your foot. Not hook the vine with your foot. She wouldn't have meant that. But then the player's taken liberty of that. And so that, again, should have been a two-shot penalty as well. Um, and, you know, we can get into whether it was three two-shotters or it was just one or it was two. But in the end, uh, the player was got away with it and didn't get any. Um, and it just looked like a, a really terrible situation. And it was the last group on a Sunday and it took 15 minutes to play. Um, so it was just it was just a horrible situation to to be a part of. And in hindsight, we all look back and go, what? what could we have done better? And that's probably the best way as, as long as things change um, from when it happens next time. And it's interesting, you know, the, the players from the week after the week after everyone's talking about it, it's such a big thing. Um, you know, does the player normally do this? Is the player um, a bit of a suspect when it comes to, to that? Does he have form? People start think talking about that, you know, that locker room chat. Uh, it's it's an interesting 
yeah, an interesting thing. He actually he made the to his credit, he made the cut. So, you know, he's obviously be able to look past that and what all the rumors and innuendo are, are going about. Um, so he actually ended up making the cut. But uh, yeah, it, it'll there'll always be that shadow on him, even if you know the referee was there um, giving that assistance. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully uh, he can see it next time, not to yeah take liberties with what the referee's saying and, and not improve uh, his conditions like he did. So yeah. So that's basically, I mean, you know, we, we can keep talking about it and keep thinking about it, but as long as things change for next time. I um, had to tell a few people this because I saw you and recognised you. I said, when you arrived on the scene, you would have had no idea of what had happened prior to that point. You would have had no idea about what work had gone on. You've arrived thinking, this is taking way too long. Guys, we need to move. Um, and that's really what you did, right? As you said, there was a referee on the scene, someone appointed by the committee to officiate and adjudicate on the rules, um, et cetera, et cetera. So why would you, unless that referee said, hey, Blakey, can you just come over and help me here and ask for a second opinion? That's all, that happens a lot. But until, why would you go into the step on that person until, you know, the time issue? And obviously you saw some agitation from the other players and caddies and, and you're going, okay, maybe something's not right here. I'll better just go and check. Um, I brought this up. I assume that the tour took this approach under 20.2A. And that is assuming we believe that the player probably did breach, you know, and improve the cats, a referee's decision is final. So if a referee authorises a player to breach a rule in error, the player will not be penalised. So obviously there are no penalty strokes added to that player's score. That's correct. Because they're under the authority of a, a referee yeah. on the side. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's right. I didn't – I wish I had seen the area. I wish I'd just got in there first. Right. But, uh, the referee didn't call for a second opinion. Um, I basically got in there because the other players and caddies were beckoning for me to get in there. It looked like I was charging on TV. It looked like I was charging in there like Judge Dredd. You're pushing people out of the way. I saw. <laughs> I was standing on people to get over. <laughs> but, and then when you saw the cameras, you really stuck oh, the yeah. chest out. I I just wish that uh, you know through you learn this through experience. I wish I just told the player to go back and hit another one off the tee, and just said, "Let's forget about this. Just get back to the tee and just start again." Um, for a you know take <clears throat> take your stroke penalty, right? Um, it would have it would looked a lot better that way, but uh, yeah, that's that's hindsight. It really comes back to when you're a referee, you need to know the rules of golf, but you also need to know how to deal with players. Yeah, it's quite it's quite uh, common that if you have a ruling with a player that's really tried to take the piss out of the rules, really tried to, um, you know, effectively cheat. Um, and, you know, we'll ask these questions about, well, can I stand on this little, see this little piece of grass, can I stand on it? And you're like, yes, if you're normally taking a start. Then they go and stand on this whole bush <laughs> beside it. You know, like, well, you said I could do that. I didn't say that. 
but they you know they act on that kind of thing so you know those there are those type of people so then what happens with the referee the next time they go into a ruling they don't trust the player at all not just that player any player so they won't trust any player so this other player and you not necessarily get aggressive but you just get really firm like no that is you know the their ball was in this little indentation in a fairway and you're like no players it lies and it's like and then you think about like well you know it was a bit of an indentation it, he's hit in the fairway and then he's beside the green it shouldn't it you don't necessarily get a perfect lie in the fairway but that really wasn't you know was abnormal to that sort of position and you're thinking oh maybe i should have given him relief but I was so firm because the other player prior had got me in this. I don't trust any players now. If you're trying to take the take the piss with my rule, that's the human element of yeah. this game and those interactions. Yeah, and so so you know, when, after you start learning which players are which players, you start realizing you know which will try and take the piss and which will. Um, you know, just want information, <clears throat> just want to play by the rules so they can sleep at night. Um, you know, and there are many players, I'll tell you this, there are many players that will make their fellow competitors, another player, play by the rules <laughs> to the nth degree and included that player, uh, Pachara. Last year in Singapore, there was a situation where he was adamant that Another player in the group, his ball had crossed here off the tee instead of swung this big hook and being 200 metres further up. Into a penalty area. So he was into a penalty area on the 18th hole. He was adamant. No, it never crossed. It was there. It didn't go like that. It was right there. He was absolutely adamant. Then comes Sunday, 16th hole in Hong Kong. <clears throat> you know, suddenly... I can move this and I can move this and I can move this. And, you know, it's least intrusive. And least intrusive is an interesting thing because possibly one person's least intrusive is slightly different to someone else's, you know, depending on their size, but also depending on how they see how they were going to get into that area. Um. So if a player's there and the referee is looking, they're probably going to say, "My the least intrusive for me is you just going in there and just sort of backing in and then, you know, backing in to the bush, but not backing in so you pull this branch behind you that stops you swinging in that way. Um, so, you know, if you do get the referee in there, they're probably going to try and go to the absolute full stop of the rules. Um, whereas, whereas other players in your group might be a little bit more liberal. So yeah, there are players out there that if it's if it's another person in their group, you have to play by the rules <laughs> every rule. But when it's their turn to play by the rules, oh, I can just place it here a little bit. Maybe we should do a video on least intrusive. Yeah. Go to 20 trees and thick bushes and go, here's an example. Well, I did one for um, 
uh, when Henry and I went to Port Ferry, that was what, like one of my latest videos. If I'm not in it, I don't know. That's a lie. He watches it. This is how he goes to sleep at night. Um, have you got any others? Yeah. Oh, we've got plenty more, but I think in the interest of time and some people tuning out, we could finish on the Hong Kong Open situation and how well you covered that. Well, I didn't, yeah, how well I covered it. Wish I'd covered it a bit better. Well, yeah, I didn't have, um, what else did I have? And oh, actually, talking about not searching for your ball, I, I went and told a group, I was like, hey guys, um, the group ahead has been told to hurry up. So if they, they'll speed up, you need to keep with them. This happens a lot. And so, and I can understand it, you know, this is sort of a pace of play thing. A group, a group's playing, they're on their time par, and then they have a bit of an issue, and now they're two minutes out, right? I'll go and talk to them as they walk off the green or after they tee off in the next shot, depending on how big the walk is. And I go, hey guys, you're just you're out of position. You need to catch up. The group behind my in the meantime have been waiting on every shot for this group in front. <clears throat> and then this group speeds ahead and they go to say minus one or minus two. This group doesn't speed ahead and they're now like two minutes out or three minutes out and got plenty and got almost a hole out in front of them, if it depending on the the break, the 10 minute or 11 minute intervals. And you go and talk to this group and they're like, oh, we've been waiting. And now we're uh, like, yeah, well, that's that is just the game of professional golf. You have been waiting, but now you're behind the time part and we need to speed up so the group behind does not waiting, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, so I told this group, I go, okay, I've told the group in front that they need to hurry up. They have. You are now out of position. You need to hurry up, please. This guy hits it in the scrub. And I mean, dead. And no one found it. So he hits another ball and it's a, drive, it's a drivable par four and he hits it on the green. And... To his credit, he does not go and search for it and no one finds it and he asks people not to search for it and they don't search for it. He holds it. He holds the putt for a par. So that was that was good golf karma and then that actually helped him uh, make up some time. But, uh, you know, just going back to searching, you don't necessarily know if the player wants to find their ball. But if a ball is found in that area where it's supposed to be or where it's thought to be, um then the player must go and try and identify it. You know, in most cases, you're right. I think I'm very mindful of that now. In most cases, the player wants to find the original. Um, unless it's in the thick, thickest of jungles and they'll have no shot. Generally speaking, they want to find it. They want to be one off the team, not three. That, that is true. But I don't necessarily presume that. No. Um, I, just speaking of professionals quickly, I and talk about talking with players. So third hole it opens like the dog leg right, and they were trying to cut the corner. And I'm just sitting next to the third tee, second green, and I could see the four caddy, the spotter in the distance. Player A hits, and not very happy with the ball. You know, unhappy, leans right with the club, picks the tee up early, and the spotter in the distance, who I've already spoken to a few times, was on the ball, raised the hand up. I'm drowning. I'm drowning. No, I've found the ball. <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's fine. He, um, before I really sort of noticed, he hits a provisional, even though the original is fine. I just went up to him and said, did you just play a provisional as he's walking off the tee? He said, yeah. He said, the spotter didn't indicate it's okay. 
his immediate response was, crap, I'm in trouble. Because, yeah. oh, I'm sorry, I didn't. I said, no, no, I said, that's fine. I, I just wanted you to know that your ball has been found. I thought you'd want to know now and not, you know, and not when you got to the spot. He said, oh, you yeah, know, thanks. That's good to know. Um, but it's that immediate response of, oh, crap, I've done something wrong. Yeah, well, I mean, I maybe shouldn't have played a provisional. Now it's going to be my ball in play and the stroke of distance because it was found, blah, blah, blah. Uh, his immediate response was, oh, geez, I'm sorry. So, yeah, interesting. It's fine. I mean, yeah, and that's, you could, you could, well, I guess you could get him in trouble by saying, um, if you asked the question, did you know your ball was found? Yeah, he would have said no. And he said, yes, he is stuffed now. Oh, yeah, no, no. But he would have but, gone, no, I didn't know. But if he says, if he says no, then it's, no, it's fine. On yeah. the information he had, the original ball has been found. He said a provisional. No problem. Um, you need to go and hmm. uh, play that one. Yeah. All right, very good. All right, I think we'll leave episode 104 uh, right there and we'll give you your GRQ OTW. So the GRQ OTW 104, Tyson hits his ball into the general area behind the safety fence that is guarding a different team area. He has no interference by the fence with his swing or stance, but the safety fence is on his line of play. Is Tyson able to get free relief from the fence? And if not, what are Tyson's options? All right. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening to our story from the tour. Uh, I'm off for the rest of 2023, so you won't hear any more tour stories, but uh, Podcast McPhee has a few more tournaments to go, so I'm sure we'll hear a lot more. What's your next tournament? You know what it is. I know, but when you tell this, tell the fans. Um, very, very fortunate to have been selected to referee the Australian Open. Oh, fantastic. In fantastic. Sydney next week. Fantastic. Yes. At the uh, Lakes and the Australian Golf Club. So very much very looking nice. forward to it. Very good. You've heard it here first. Yeah. I've been told to be Excellent. Well, no one listens to this anyway, <laughs> so don't worry about it. Uh, very good. Well, enjoy your time up in Sydney and uh, we'll chat to everyone later.